All right, match day 31. I mentioned it, 38 goals in 10 games. Uh, the game that we just talked about in part one uh, opened the weekend, six to win for Lorient. And then uh, behind that, the demonstration for Paris Saint-Germain, uh, 6-1 win against uh, Clermont, Paris Saint-Germain, who's in form uh, right when it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, and, and a few other uh, quite crazy results. We're going to spend a bit of time on maybe the one that was the most surprising for me. And I'm sorry, Liam, you did say that you had a soft spot for Nice. Uh, nice, who got trashed at Lens 3-0. It's only the second time this season that Nice concedes three goals. Uh, it's the first time since, I think it was February 2021, that they conceded three goals away from home. Nice is the best defense in, in Ligue 1 before and after uh, that 3-0 loss against Lens. Uh, and it's a loss that hurts um, the goal scorer, Arno Calimwendo, the PSG Loney, uh, 51st and 67th minutes. Uh, Sheikh Ducouré, you got to watch. If you have a goal to watch this weekend, you have to watch Sheikh Ducouré's goal. Beautiful shot, top right corner. Can't can't make it better. Um, gets, gets his goal as well. Three red cards during the game. Probably the worst thing for Nice is that Lance was playing with 10 men since the 17th minute. My Sadio Haidara with the red card. And then Nice uh, made sure to level up with uh, Lemina getting a red card of his own on the 57th minute. And Dante at the 91st minute, 16 shots for Nice, 6 on target, 58% possession. Lance, 6 shots, 3 on target, 3 goals. The stats makes it look like it was a heist for Les Saint-Aior. But Lance has been so good this season. Nice has been impeccable, almost perfect defensively. And then this weekend, they go to Bola and they concede three. Liam, you watched the game. Uh, you know, what happened to Les Aiglons? How, how, how does a team coached by Galchet concede three yeah. goals in 15 minutes in the second half? I, I, I was in shock, to be honest. Watch the, uh, like you said, uh, stubborn defensively, as you expect uh, from Christophe Galtier's side. But of late going into this game, the, the form, they've been on a bit of a wobble. So I, I wasn't expecting a, a trout, I'd say, a big win for Nice, but I thought they might nick a goal, you know, away from home at Shulup Shop. But yeah, they, they missed chance after chance. Gory is off the ball, looks a, a shadow of the player he was a few weeks ago. Dahlberg, he seems light in the physicality now. Delort's nearly the only out ball they haven't. Dahlberg's losing his place on the team of late, only getting on as a sub. But it, from from a, a Nice perspective, from the owner's perspective, uh, Jim Radcliffe, British billionaire, you would imagine he's expecting Champions League qualification. But this bad run of form for Nice seems to have coincided with their success in the Coupe de France, making their run to the final. It could be argued that maybe it's impacting their determination to secure this Champions League place. Your side might say now we're going over the hills a far away, so uh, Nice really need to pick it up. But embarrassing not being able to score when they had the man advantage uh, for so long. And then in the second half, they just completely lost their discipline. They got involved in fracases and they were caught so many times on the counter-attack uh, with Frankowski. What a, what a pickup he was for um, loans from the MLS. He has pace to board. I'm an Aston Villa fan too, his Polish compatriot, uh, Mary Cash. He plays as 
right wing back really for Aston Villa and Frankowski is left wing back. That'd be two great attacking wing backs Poland have at the disposal. But Callum Owendo, as you mentioned, on loan from PSG. What is his future? He's starting to bang a few goals of late. And Decore, as you said, I think if anyone who uh, doesn't watch much of Liga or and if you have the phone numbers of scouting departments of the clubs you follow in the English Premier League, you need to ring him up. He is sensational. They value the Suma at 50, 60 million. How much is Decore worth the way he's played? He can assist his goals. He's a joy. Force he's defensive, he's a he's a complete Ferrari engine of a midfield, and Nice had no answer to him. They had he just completely overpowered them, which I seen very surprising. I'm very surprised with Dante, Brazilian legend, get sent off for ill discipline right at the end. Such was his frustration with what he was witnessing in front of him. It was just tides and tides of counter-attacks, runners not being tracked. And when you get the likes of Gori or Kleibert or even Stings when he's playing on the back foot defensively, they're not going to give you much. They'll press up the top, but once they get into that second transition around the, the midfield, you're sort of depending on that central midfield of Nice, but it's been happening changing of late changing players week in, week out. I think that could be contributing to, they had a very consistent lineup and that good run of form they went through with Delore and Guri. They seemed to be telepathic the way they were playing together. They had a real connection but yeah, Guri in particular has completely gone off the boil. You would be suspicious being a Nice fan this time of year and gone off the boil. Has he been tapped up for a Big summer move. Uh, I hope not, but if he does, you'll be sure they'll get a, a big cash injection. But very worrying for the European prospects. And now, remarkably, loans are just four points behind Nice. Uh, when when you see like, the way people were talking about Nice a month ago, people were saying like they might challenge PSG next season for for the title. But how fast the league can change this time of year. Yeah, when, when Nice, well, just before Nice plays Marseille, they are at the same, they're a point away from each other or something, and Marseille wins, and then Nice can't beat Rennes last week and then lose against Lance now, and next thing you know, they are nine points, nine points or eight points behind uh, Marseille, which, eight points behind Marseille, which, um, you know, like you said, two, two months ago, when they, one month ago, they beat Paris, but two months ago, everybody was saying, oh, Nice, no one can be as good as Nice. Galche knows what he's doing. He's done it with the He knows how to bring the, the team over the line and, and to get them there. But yeah, a lot to impact in, in in that game. I think Nice is it's disappointing from dance. I can't agree more with you. It's very disappointing. It's a straight red card. It's the next two games uh, against Lorient and in Monaco that is missing. I feel like it's a professional uh, mistake because this is going to be ever so needed. I mean, we've seen how bad it was for Patrick Vieira when Dance got that done with an ACL last year. It probably cost Patrick Vieira his job not to have uh, Dance in his defense because he's the one who can, uh, what we said about an experienced defender, he can actually level the team and make sure that they're doing the, the right thing at the right time. If Nice wants to get to that Champions League, uh, you know, we said next week is, is Lorient, then it's Monaco. They're playing Trois, Bordeaux, 
Saint-Étienne. So they are playing the teams that are all fighting for relegation. And then they finish with Lille and Reims, who by that time might not be playing for anything. Lille can maybe still hope a little bit for for a, a European competition qualification. It, it looks like a, a, a nice-ish end of season for them. There's not a lot of supposedly talent going in front of them, but there are some uh, teams that are going to grind for results. Of course, there's that French Cup final against Nantes in the middle of that. That might take a bit of energy. There's also, you, you said it jokingly, but there's also those players who think that because they were so good, they're going to go in the summer. And, um, you know, I never want to put it past our beautiful football modern and the relationship with agents that, they were going to tell their players don't get injured because you get a big move coming your way. Um, do, do you think Nice can turn it around and, and can actually get back where we expect them to be, which is a bit closer to Marseille and maybe fighting for that for that third spot, given, I guess, the, the weak schedule that's ahead of us, um, ahead of them for the end of the season? Yeah, as you said, that that's the sort of worrying part is they play a lot of teams who's, who weren't on the beach. They all have... They all have something to play for, be it relegation or European qualification. If anyone can turn it around, Galtier can. You know, I'm a big Galtier fan. He is long in the tooth, but it would have been worrying for him. As you know, his philosophy is built upon defensive structure. And even the, the loss of discipline um, is is sort of a, a new thing I've seen in this nice psyche of late. And being a, an Aston Villa lover, I know we uh, we uh, Jack Raylish around this time of year last year, maybe similar to Gurry, he would be pulling out of mysteriously had an injury, ruled himself out for weeks, weeks and weeks, and then he was playing for England in the Euros <laughs> and moved to Man City. Let's hope Monsieur Gurry isn't lighting up something the same. Even, even the likes of um, Stings, you'd be expecting a bit more from him. Turan, rumours of him being linked with Real Madrid, but in recent weeks, he's completely gone missing, isn't he? Mm-hmm. These are the guys, these attacking starlets for, for the transfer outlay. They've gone signing a few of these guys, obviously, with the aim of Champions League qualification, it is a bit worrying that at the business end of the season, the season sort of seems to be stagnating. And it would be a real shame. I know I'm biased that I have love for these, but it would be a real shame if all the hard work they did through the winters derailed between now and the end of the season. But yeah, Galtier, it's a big game next week now against the Lorient side we discussed are back on form and will be full of confidence coming into that game and look very dangerous on the counter-attack, very similar to Lons. They will play like that, pace on both wings and then just striving through the centre midfield. But thankfully, they won't be facing the Kure again this season. <laughs> He'll be haunting my dreams for the next few weeks. <laughs> it's been awesome. And when you think about already Seko Fofana and Klaus, who came up, and Frankowski, you name it, and Adukure is coming up good for, for Lance. Lance had their upside down, but uh, but they have some um, some real talent. That defeat from this, um, you know, everybody else took advantage of it. Ren won, Marseille won. I want to talk a little bit about Marseille. That was the last game of the weekend, uh, and Marseille won against uh, their neighbour from South of France, Montpellier, 2-0. Uh, it's now seven consecutive wins in all competitions for Marseille. In all of those games, they've scored two goals or more. 
Sampaoli at one point in his season was criticized for thinking defense only and, and not scoring enough goals. There was that moment where they lose at home uh, to Clermont. They can't get a result against Troyes. Um, they look like they're, they're back on form. It looks like they're ready to face the end of the season. They really want to play for that Champions League spot. Of course, they're still uh, in the run for the, the Conference League. A very complicated end of season for, for Marseille. I feel like that win against Montpellier this weekend kind of bought them the joker that they probably will need next week because they are going to the capital to play the classic against Paris Saint-Germain uh, next Sunday and no one goes to Paris with the expectations of getting points. So if anything, they bought themselves the caution that they can lose and they're still going to be second or third. And after that, it's not Reims and then Lyon, Lorient, Rennes and Strasbourg to finish three out of those four teams will be in the run for for European football until the end. Um, Liam, I'm sure you've, you've watched Marseille a couple of times this season, a very entertaining side. What, what have you been, what have you thought of Sampaoli since he, uh, since he arrived at La Canaviere? He seems to be a great man manager. They often say the testament of a manager is how he improves the resources at his disposal and not always seeking to bring. When you look at Gendouzi, you know what? Obviously, a, a Premier League watcher, he looks a complete different person. Have they cloned him? So, <laughs> he was a shadow of that player on English shores. And then I really like um, Baba Jang when you bring him on. He adds another dynamic with, it, with his pace. He almost reminds me of a young man. He, he, I think, oh, God knows where his ceiling is. He'd be very excited to watch it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm fearful of Marseille and their form. And I'm sure PSG will be too. Yeah, PSG. PSG I think, uh, you know, Marseille would have been happy to play Paris Saint-Germain two weeks ago just after the, the elimination. I think right now Paris Saint-Germain is on a quest of, I don't think they can get forgiveness from their fans because they didn't make it through to the to the Champions League semi-final. But if Paris Saint-Germain can humiliate Marseille, the Parc des Princes, at least they'll buy a bit of, uh, I guess, half forgiveness from the fans. At least they won't provoke more anger coming from their fans because if they can't beat Marseille next week, there's going to be riots in the capital. I, I fear for Marseille during that game. But like we said, this weekend, what they did and what they did well is buying themselves the, the caution to, to be able to, to lose in Paris and to still be okay. You talk about Ben Bajeng. He scored this week um, against Montpellier at the ninth minute. He was the first one to score. And then uh, he's the one who provokes the penalty on Sandy Zunder's second goal. Something else that is reminiscent of uh, Sadio Mane for Ben Bajeng he misses a lot of opportunities, <laughs> just like just like Sergio Mane when he was when he was playing for Mess. Uh, he'll create twenty five chances, and and the misses from this weekend are are to be honest quite horrendous. Marseille with eleven shots and five on target only, but the ones that are on target are Dieng a meter away from the uh, the goals and blazing it over um, Gerson completely by himself at the six yard box, and is uh, a left footed. Midfielder, he uses his red foot, and I don't know what he's doing. Uh, so, so Marseille dominated the game, but couldn't quite 
put themselves with that three-goal comfortable advantage to try and make sure that Montpellier wouldn't come back. And with Montpellier, you never know. There's the talent. There's Savagny, of course, uh, up front. They got Wahi and um, oh, what's his name? The young uh, the young English guy, Mavididi, uh, who can yeah. score goals w- w- whenever they want. Uh, so Marseille, although they played well, although they dominated, although from an outside looking in, it looks like they were completely in control. Uh, you know, every time they are 2-0, they run the risk of that team coming back this week against um, against Park Salonique. They they um, conceded in the second half and then Park was able to put pressure on them. So there's always that risk, I think, with Marseille where even though they play well, they play well for one half and during that half, they waste a lot of opportunities and it can be costly afterwards. Although we've seen them, you know, you mentioned Granduzzi defensively. Saliba has also been on another level all season. Uh, Luan Perez has his ups and downs. Charita Chao unfortunately picked up an injury just before the game. So Bouba Kamara was in defense. And Bouba Kamara is a great player, but he has a mistake in him. And he made a crazy mistake yesterday against Montpellier, giving the ball in the middle of the box to Savanier in front of the empty goal. I don't know how Savanier missed it, but he did, thankfully. Uh, so, so a lot happened uh, during that weekend. One thing to note... Uh, was Mandanda was the starter uh, for Marseille in goals after not having started the Ligue 1 game since November. Paolo Lopez, of course, was the, the goal scorer slash um, sweeper slash centre-back slash midfielder uh, for Marseille under Sampaoli. Uh, Sampaoli said that it wasn't an injury from Paolo Lopez. It was a choice uh, to put Mandanda so he could see some game time before um, playing against Park in Greece. Uh, for the for the return game uh, of of the Conference League, Liam, I'm going to ask you something about goalkeepers, and that's going to be our segue for the next game. Um, in Marseille, Mandanda was the starter, you know, a legend, captain. It at the club for 12 years, just a stint of one year. Crystal Palace. Paulo Lopez comes in. They both play, and then Paulo Lopez is the starter in Paris. Navas is here; is great. They find a way to get Donnarumma on the free. They get Donnarumma on, and then one plays one game, one plays one game. You play the Champions League, you play the Cup, you play the league. It's swap, it's swap. It looks like coaches are trying as much as possible to sort of, I guess, demystify that position of the goalkeeper, try and not make it so much about the psychology and the routine, and you play game in, game out, and you know you don't have to worry about your position, but more to put people in competition, and they don't hesitate of changing the goalkeeper one week or another. What's your thought on that? Is that, you think, a good idea or is that, you think, very damageable for the goalkeeper and you might break their rhythm when they're in form? Yeah, I think totally could break the rhythm. And surely the goalkeeper, in many ways, he's the orchestrator, isn't he? He's the one organising the defensive structure, especially at set pieces. You mentioned there, Savanier, you know the talent he has. You give him a set piece around the box. He's, he's renowned for often taking quick free kicks too. See, so you need a goalkeeper switched on, setting up the wall. We have faced players like that too when they take corners or deep free kicks. They can whip balls in like ballistic missiles into your box. So it's almost the treating them as giving them a rest. But you can imagine, unless you have a dodgy hamstring taking a lot of kickouts, uh, 
you, you they shouldn't need a ref. This I'd be a traditionalist then stick with what's going good. But I know I'm contradicting myself as I'm calling for Etienne Green to get over St. Etienne. I think <laughs> sometimes their own confidence and maybe their own mental well-being to take them out the firing line for a spell too, you know, just to maybe the defense finds the structure often to a new voice can reinvigorate, you know, a new message. But as for rotating week in, week out, I don't think so. But often don't they use sort of domestic competitions in Europe just to keep them happy, isn't it? So they renew the contract because it's very hard probably no one sets out in life to be a number two, do they? So they need to keep them happy somehow, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's definitely a problem that I wouldn't want to have as a, as a manager, finding a number two that is happy to be a number two. Um, that, uh, yeah, I was curious about your point of view there because we've seen it in Paris Saint-Germain quite a bit this season. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain, we're going to go a bit faster through the rest of the games uh, of this weekend. Paris Saint-Germain, who uh, got an emphatic win against Clermont in Clermont, 6-1, a hat-trick for Neymar, a hat-trick for Mbappé, a hat-trick of assists for Messi. Great to see Paris Saint-Germain winning 6-1, a week after winning 5-1, right when it doesn't matter anymore. Um, you know, the, the fans of Paris obviously aren't happy because of the Champions League. Um, they they are seeing now Paris Saint-Germain playing the way they should have been played the whole time without any pressure, happy to actually play their football. The three in front looks to actually finally be able to find each other. Do you think it's because they know it's over and it's completely, you know, playing free football and the results don't matter and Ligue 1 is already won? Uh, or do you think it's a bit of pride of, you know, we fucked up and, and we have to show our team that we're going to fight until the end, even though we're not playing what we wanted to play? Yeah, 100%. I, I think professionally and how passionate the crowds are in France, if a few of those superstars didn't start earning their money, it could have turned nasty. You try to think what's going on in some of their minds, you know. Um, when, when you're in your 40s, you cannot crown Paris and relax, you know. They should be wanting to be competitive in every game. These, these years won't be around forever. But some of them, once they get the move to PSG, it's almost as if they semi-retire to get the big contract. But, yeah, as you said, it seems to be the the pressure's off the last few weeks of playing with a bit more abandon and with the attacking talent they have on offer. It's good to see that, you know, it's good for the league. But uh, I, I do fancy your your Marseille against them. Uh, I think um, pace in football is a great leveller and I think Marseille have pace in abundance. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think whenever Marseille plays against Paris Saint-Germain, the only thing I think about is... Mbappé can score in any position wherever the ball comes. If Marseille decides to want to play clever and to play high defense, Mbappé is going to get them. If Marseille plays deep, Mbappé is able to dribble, dribble a player. He's one of the best players in, in the league right now. So I think whenever you play against Paris, you're, uh, you're facing the risk of, uh, of getting to know how many goals Mbappé can score uh, against you. Um, the other do you think will he, um, the, do you think really extend his contract? Will he extend his stay at Paris? Mbappé? I don't think so. I, I think I think he's gone. So right now the rumors in 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 France, excuse me, and in Paris is he might stay and actually they might turn it around. And there's rumors about Zidane is coming to Paris to coach them uh, in the summer. I 
I'm I'm going to be very happy to be proven wrong, but I call bullshit on those two. I think Mbappe is leaving. Mbappe is a very ambitious player. He really yeah. wants to be the best at everything. He, he has succeeded in Paris. Neymar came, Mbappe arrived, and he said, whoever you are, Neymar, I'm better than you. Messi came. Sure, it's only his first year, and it's complicated to adapt. But Mbappe said, look at me. Don't don't give the ball to Neymar. Give the ball to me because I'm going to score the goals. He's going to be the only player who's been that good this season for Paris and last season as well. Even when Marquinhos isn't good, Mbappe is still good. He's already shown that he's dominated Paris. You know, he's he's made it. He will want to prove himself that he can go to a club like Real Madrid where a player is never as important as the club and that he will want to show that club that he can make the supporters proud. The way I see it, he's, he's ambition personified, so he will want to prove himself that he can do it there. Uh, sure, he can do it with Paris, and, and he might stay, and I might be wrong. You know, his family is in France, and uh, and he's probably comfortable where he is, but I feel like he's got the ambition to to do more. As far as the Zidane rumor goes, I think Zidane's just waiting for the French national team uh, to be available for him, which should be after the next World Cup. Uh, and and I think as well, Zidane has always been uh, a man and a player who hates waves. And if he goes and coach Paris Saint-Germain, all his family down in Marseille is going to hear about it. I don't think he's the kind of player, a kind of man that wants to be under that kind of spotlight. He doesn't want to come home and be whistled and booed and jeered by you know his friends or his family or a whole a whole you know city that I I idolize. Zidane, you know, for for everybody in Marseille, Zidane is half a god. Um, so so I think those two ones are a weird rumor, but they have some some serious backing up back in France. And and so you know, like I said, if I'm proven wrong, uh, awesome because it'll be great for Ligue 1 if Mbappé stays and if Zidane comes. Yeah. Um, it it just looks like Paris Saint Germain is going to go on another um, cycle. But that's only you know that's only my yeah. gut feeling. It was really interesting. He said mm-hmm. his interview he did uh, with the Spanish media speaks perfect Spanish. <laughs> That's a very ominous sign, isn't it? Yeah. Very impressive <laughs> Spanish. He did, he, he did say that he's always like spoke a good amount of Spanish and a good amount of English as well. But, but he did yeah. say that was because I knew what my career plan was. So clearly yeah. he has ambitions to go and play overseas. And, and right now he's got, he can do it. For free, the club doesn't have to pay 100 million to his club to to be able to come. So this is also a good way for him to go to a new club without asking that club to spend that much money. Anyway, we'll see we'll see what happens. But I would be very very surprised uh, if he stays in France. Uh, we'll we'll have our answer soon enough, and no doubt there's only seven games left, and he's going to have to uh, to say his goodbye to Parc des Princes if he goes. So we'll. Uh, We'll hear about it soon. Maybe, maybe against Marseille. Who knows? He maybe he scores three goals and then he tells everybody goodbye. Um, the, the rest of the game this weekend. Uh, so Rennes was the other team that took advantage of that Nice loss. Rennes who uh, won three two um, in Reims in Champagne. Of course, the goal scorers Benjamin Bourigeau. Benjamin Bourigeau who scored with his head. We haven't seen that uh, often. Benjamin Bourigeau with a brace and Martin Terrier. Uh, the best Rennes goal scorer this season with the goal just before the hour mark. A too late goal for Reims. Maxime Buzy, his first goal for Reims. And uh, Jens Cajust, uh, I think it's his first goal as well on, on from the spot kick. Uh, but Rennes, uh, with that win, keeps 
you know, keep tabs with Marseille and, and doesn't let the Les Marseillais go away too much. There was a first in the bottom of the table, David Guillon finally getting his first win with Bordeaux. Uh, Bordeaux, who's been struggling in the past uh, few weeks and, and, and few months even, and uh, got off to a wrong start against Metz at home with uh, DJ Lamel, uh, Lamkelze, sorry, scoring first for FCMS, but the second half uh, was all Les Girondins Bordeaux and Ricardo Mangas, Mbai Nyang, and Huang Guizhou uh, were able to get that win. Uh, you know, to note, Bordeaux was up 2-1 and there was a penalty for Metz and Delaine blasted that one over the crossbar. I'm, I'm afraid the defender is going to uh, to have a few nightmares about that. It could have been uh, it could have been key in trying to save Metz from relegation uh, on that one. In other pitches, we had uh, a few 1-1. Strasbourg against Lyon, 1-1. Lyon scoring at the 90th minute to save a point from their trip uh, to Alsace. Brest against Nantes, 1-1 as well. Angers against Lost, uh, Lost, excuse me, Lille, 1-1. Uh, and then uh, one last win to finish, it was Monaco, who beat 3-2-1. Les Monégasques, who are staying in the run for European competition. On the table, Paris is at the top, of course, 71 points in front of Marseille, 59, Rennes, 56. Uh, and then you got Strasbourg at 52, Nice at 51, Monaco at 50. I don't remember when is the last time that we've seen Nice uh, out of the podium. Uh, but here they are now fifth on the table. Like we said, there's still a few games, but it's uh, they're the only team in the um, top six, basically, uh, who, uh, who has only one win in their last five games. So hopefully Galche can... Turn that around at the bottom of the table. Mess uh, all the way at the end with 23 points. Bordeaux with that win over Les Grenades is now three points away from Mess. Saint-Etienne, 27 points. And Clermont, 28 points. Lorient took a, a big ball of fresh air by uh, beating Saint-Etienne this weekend. Uh, but it's still tight at the bottom of the table. A quick look at the goal scorer, of course, is Majestic Kylian Mbappé. Wouldn't let Martin Terrier and, and Wissam Benyeder go without him. That hat trick that he scored this weekend puts him at the top of the table. 20 goals for Kian Mbappé. He's also on the top of the assist ladder with 14 assists. I mean, if you're not sure how good Mbappé is, just look at the stats, really. Um, although, you know, scoring six goals in the last uh, three games against teams that are uh, fighting for relegation maybe isn't that glorious, but... You know, he's, he's scoring them anyway. Uh, trailing him on the goal-scoring ladder is Thierry and Benyedder, 18 goals each. Trailing him on the assist ladder is Lionel Messi with 13 goals. This week in Europe, uh, Lyon against West Ham, Marseille against Park Salonique, the two last teams that we have qualified in Europe. And then next weekend, of course, a few uh, more than interesting games at the bottom of the table. Messi's playing against Clermont. Um, Saint-Etienne is going to play against Brest a bit higher up Rennes-Monaco is going to be a game to watch the, the Derby du Nord, Lille against Lens uh, the, the first game of course was interrupted for a few issues in uh, the stadium hopefully this one will go well Nice will play against Lorient, Nantes against Angers Troyes against Strasbourg Montpellier against Reims, Lyon will host Bordeaux and the last game of the weekend will be Le Classique Paris Saint-Germain against Marseille. And I look forward to talking about that game next week. Uh, let's see let's see what kind of mood I'm in after, uh, after Marseille goes to the Parc des Princes. Liam, thank you so much for being on the pod with me today. Thank you so much for uh, taking place in Castel et Ligne. Uh, you, you mentioned that, you know, of course, you write for Breaking the Lines, but you were also on a uh, 
on the Aston Villa uh, podcast before. Do you want to drop the name of that pod for all our all of our listeners who, who like Aston Villa? Yeah, I've sort of been. Yeah, I've worked for a website. Uh, my friend Dave Michael runs there uh, for Aston Villa. My old man said is is the podcast those guys do there, and I have my own one going at the minute. Um, called Piggy Bankers Podcast. So if you're into football betting, check us out. We cover a lot of league. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeremy. I've greatly enjoyed it. Hopefully it won't be the last time, man. I wish you best of luck against the Paris juggernaut next week. Thank you. We, we must say we'll need a little bit more than luck after that again. Uh, I'm sure we'll get you back on the on the show, Liam. Thank you again. Uh, subscribe, listen, rate. Feel free to interact on Twitter. Go and read Liam's article on breaking the lines. One again, one about Nice and one about Saint Etienne. Uh, they're great reads. I will talk to you again next week for match day 32 of Liga. Merci everyone. Ciao, ciao. Au revoir.